You know, many struggle to know or to find or even to believe that they have a purpose. And I ran across this uh, and I thought it was good. He says, I don't understand the purpose of smooth objects. I mean, there's no point. Um, Tomorrow. So, I like this one. I, I don't get the purpose of an air filter. I mean, it just sits there and collects dust. Went in the library the other day and I asked a librarian if she would direct me to the self-help books. She said, well, that sort of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? <laughs> Job interviewers like their jobs because they have a higher purpose. Sorry, guys. Actually, the truth is people do struggle with finding their purpose. And some don't even believe there is such a thing. Uh, What was the purpose of Jesus, according to Jesus? How's that? Here's some scripture. And there's interwoven purposes. He didn't have just one singular purpose, but he had an overarching purpose. But there were sub parts of that. Matthew 5 Verse 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That's a purpose. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That's for those of you who think that religion is supposed to bring absolute unity. Jesus never said that. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, verse 38. Let us go to the next town that I may preach there also because for this purpose I came forth. Jesus came into the world to be a preacher. Mark chapter 2 and verse 17 says, I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So if you're a sinner, you're the one he came to talk to. Here's a couple more scriptures. Whoa, went too far there. Here's a couple. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. You probably know this one. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That would be you and I. John chapter 9, verse 39. For judgment I have come into this world. He came to judge. That's right. That those who do not see may see and those who see may be made blind. So if you're full of yourself, you're not going to be able to see. And that was his intent. But if you'll humble yourself, you'll be able to see. And that was his intent. Interesting, eh? How about John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10? Uh, I have come that they might have life, verse 10, and that they might have it more abundantly. So he came to give you life, but not just life, an abundant life. In John chapter 12 and verse uh, 27, he says, my, now my soul is troubled. I mean, mine would be too if I were facing the cross and this were within hours of him being crucified. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this very purpose, I came to this hour. That's his purpose. John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So the only way that you'll ever be able to see clearly is following and listening to what Jesus had to say. 
John chapter 18, verse 37. You say rightly that I am a king for this cause. For this cause I was born. What? To be a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. So he's a a witness of the truth. That was his purpose. And to be a king. Those are some of the things that we get from scripture directly. That are kind of interwoven in the tapestry of what his purpose was. But Paul takes Jesus' purpose and he makes it personal. And that's what I want you to do today. I want you to, this is a series over the purpose of several things we're going to look at, Lord willing, over the next few weeks. But I want you to take the purpose of Jesus and do like Paul did and make it personal. And he gives us three purposes in the purpose of Jesus. Number one. He came for our world. It says in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, this, and I encourage you to turn there, 1 Timothy 1, 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. A couple of things there, theological, since I'm a preacher, I might ought to point out, and that suggests predestination of Jesus. And it also suggests pre-existence of Jesus. Those are theological concepts. He came into the world and he had a purpose before he got here. Now, you and I, actually, in a weird kind of way, not like he was, but both of us, all of us, were basically predestined and pre-existed. But not in the way you think. Not the way he was. And only in this sense, and that is, that in the mind of God, he knew everything we would do. So he knew us before we were born, even though we didn't exist, right? And he knew what we would do before we were born and before we even existed. So in the mind of God, think about this just a moment. In the mind of God, your name has existed forever. In the mind of God, your concept of you has always been. Now that's thought in it. But that's not what we're on. (laughs) What it says here is Jesus came to the world, came into the world to save sinners. We need to realize Christ's purpose was to save the world and realize he didn't come just to save me. I know we say that a lot. If I were the only one here, Jesus would have died for me. But that's not what he planned to do. That wasn't his intent. And really that's kind of deceptive because that was never the plan of God and it never was the purpose of God. Paul was raised as a work-saved oriented member of the little Jewish community, Orthodox Judaism, very small world. And if you're not careful, you'll think that God still lives in a very small world and that he only cares about our little group and us four and no more. That's not God. God cares about the world. Amen. God cares about the world. Sometimes we think he only cares about the church of Christ over in the corner. But he cares about the world. Folks, that's the Bible. In Luke 17, verse 10, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was only our duty. See, we tend to, if we're not careful, to do what the Jewish community did. And that is think that because we're special, we're special because of what we've done. And that's just not the case. We are not saved because we're special because of what we've done. We have not done significant amount of anything to deserve anything. That's the truth. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that was so apparent to Paul since he was actually trying to kill Christians at the time. God wants to save the world. He's not willing that any should perish. 
That includes you and me. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad? So Paul makes Jesus' uh, purpose personal teaching that he came for our world. That must mean that I must be about the care, the help, the service, and the salvation of the world. You have a purpose. You say, I don't know what my purpose is. Just told it to you. Just told it to you. There's more. But I just told you a key part. Number two. He came for our worst. It says in verse 15, it goes on to say, He came to the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's called grace theology. Grace. We need to realize it's Christ's purpose was to save the worst. And guess who that includes? You. And me. And so I don't feel like the worst of sinners. Well, I do. I mean, look at me. I'm a preacher. I tell you stuff you ought to do. And then I turn around and sin. Now, if you're a preacher and then you turn around and sin, doesn't that kind of put you in a bad, 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 bad light? Yeah, it does. It does. But that's okay. Because he came into the world to save the worst of sinners and I qualify. Uh Uh-huh. Paul had done the worst, and he fought against Jesus and killed the followers of Jesus. And so, Mark chapter 10, verse 25 says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Good question. Good question. Who then can be saved? Because everybody in America is rich compared to anybody else. So guess what? If we take that literally, we're all damned. And rightly so. Verse 26. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? But Jesus said, With men, it is impossible. If you're on your own, guys, you're lost. That's right. Just like the rest of the world. But with God. Not with God. For with God. All things are possible. That's called grace. That's called grace. He came for the worst. We qualify. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles. Paul couldn't get that out of his head. That he was the worst. That had ever been reached out to. That ever got this position. That's okay. For I am the least of the apostles who are not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And wait, he didn't wait until I repented before he reached out to me. He caught me in the middle of that. Verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. So basically, in the middle of me being really bad, God got me. Praise the Lord. Amen. But more than that, you people think, oh, if you teach that, people would just do bad. No, 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 it did exactly the opposite. It made him work harder than anybody. When you really are aware of what God's done for you, it'll make you work like crazy. Okay. So God wants to save the worst. He's not willing that any should perish, even me. Who do you mean the worst? Whatever you want to think of. Guy that's drunk. Out there, staggering around this morning instead of being in church. He wants that guy. The guy just beat his wife. He wants that guy. He wants the wife too, by the way. The guy that 
I don't know. What do you want to call LGBT community? He wants all of them. Who does he not want? Well, think of somebody really bad. Well, he certainly wouldn't want him. He wants everybody. And he already died for you. I don't care what you can think of. What you think is bad qualifies. It qualifies. Pedophile, murderer, repeat offenders, they all qualify. So Paul makes Jesus' purpose personal because it was him. It was him. He was the guy. And his teaching is that Jesus came to save the worst. So what's my place now? What's my purpose? We must reach. We must invite whoever you deem to be guilty of some terrible sin. You think that that's who they are. And you say, oh, there's no point. They've gone too far. Oh, no, my friend. That's the one to invite. That's the one who needs Jesus. He came for the worst. Number three, he came for our witness. It says now in verse 16, however, for this reason, I obtained mercy. Why did I obtain mercy? Because I was so good? No. Because I was living so faithful to what I did believe. No. That's not the reason. He explains the reason in the text. We should read the Bible closely, right? However, for this reason, I obtained mercy. That in me first... Jesus Christ might show all long suffering. What a long suffering to reach out to a guy trying to kill off those who believe in Jesus. As a pattern, pattern theology is real, folks. As a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. I am the pattern. That's what he's saying. I'm the witness of the pattern. So realize that Christ's purpose, and you need to realize it, And realize your own purpose is actually found in Christ. His purpose is my purpose. His purpose is my purpose. He told us a while ago he came as a witness of the light and of the truth. You remember that? His purpose is my purpose. Paul had been made a witness. What does he witness first? His own salvation. He was a witness of his own salvation. You want to know what you're first a witness of? Your own salvation. What, what have you got to tell? I don't know enough Bible. I can tell you what happened to me, though. I can do that. I can tell you how God got me. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. John 4, verse 29. Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. John 9, 25. One thing I know that... Though I was blind, now I say. Acts 4 verse 20. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What does all that mean? All that means is the first obligation you have to do as a Christian, if you've truly been saved, you're truly right with God, is to tell everybody how that happened. Amen. You don't have to know all the Bible. You don't have to know the book of Revelation backwards and forward. Thank the Lord. So fundamentally, you just have to know your story and tell it. Amen. And that is your witness to the world. Mark Hall, Bernie Hearns, and Matthew West wrote uh, a song that I really like. But it reflects John 9 and verse 30. John 9 verse 30. John the baptizer said, talking about Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase 
in me and I must decrease in me. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life, I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quites, with all the other never get it rights. But it turns out they are the ones you were looking for all this time because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave me a heart and a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me saying, who do you think you are? I just say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I live for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So let me go down, down, down in history as another blood-bought faithful member of the family. And if they all forget my name, well, that's fine with me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Because I'm just a nobody. Join me in that right? I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody that saved my soul. And ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So God wants to save unwilling, even unwilling witnesses like me. How do I know that? He gave us a story. Jonah, he didn't want to do what he was told to do. You don't want to do it sometimes. You don't want to even share your faith with people. I know how it feels. I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want somebody to say something. If you say something here, what are they going to say? And you're like, I don't know if I want to say it. How are you any different than Jonah? How are you any different than me? But he still saves us even. And sometimes we actually open our mouth. And we share Jesus. Paul makes Jesus' purpose personal. Teaching that he came for our witness. So we must tell what God did for me. I could tell you about living in an alcoholic's home. And God delivered our home. And I praise God for that. I could tell you about being crazy. I have a little bit. And God delivered me. I could tell you about a dove sitting on an unworthy person's table. He saved even me. Love saved even me. So the purpose of Jesus is your purpose. Make it personal. He came for our world. That's your purpose. He came for our worst. That's your purpose. And he came for our witness. Spend some time witnessing. Tell people what God's done in your life. 
What's the truest source of joy in this life? You ever thought about that? What's the truest source of joy in this life? It's being used for a purpose you know is great. It's being worn out for a great purpose before someone actually throws you on the scrap heap. Because one day, they're just going to throw us on the scrap heap, right? I want to be a part of something special before then. Wouldn't you like to be? And being a force for good. I want to be a force for good rather than being a selfish, full of self-pity, full of all my ailments, full of all the offenses people have given me, full of all the complaints and living like that and thinking that somehow the world has failed me or God has failed me. I don't want to live like that. I want to have a greater purpose and be a part of that. There's two kinds of purposes and you need to choose which one you want to be on. There's the purpose to do something important. And then there's the purpose to to be perceived as important. Purpose to do something important or to be perceived as important. Abraham Lincoln, that's his uh, store. What's left of it. That was his story before he became president of the United States. He was a storekeeper in Salem, Illinois. And he, at one point, and that's the inside of the store. uh, At one point he had uh, rifles for sale. And he had one on the wall that was absolutely gorgeous. It was magnificent. It uh, uh, It had a barrel made of some of the finest uh, steel. It had the wood stock made of walnut. I mean, that's beautiful if you've ever seen that. And then it had, a, it had been assembled by one of the world-famous gunsmiths at the time. And it was extremely cheap. It was this beautiful thing. It was actually rather reasonable. And then he had some other guns. And they were Kentucky Squirrel guns. And they had... I mean, ordinary metal, steel, uh, plain wood stocks, nothing fancy about the wood stocks, uh, nothing special about them at all. Uh, They kind of looked a little rough. And the price of the squirrel guns was higher than this really fancy gun. A customer came in looking for a rifle. He was very impressed with the one that looked so beautiful. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And he said, well, I don't understand why this beautiful gun is priced lower than these ugly rifles. What's the difference? And Abraham Lincoln said, well, the beautiful one doesn't even fire. It's designed to set on a mantelpiece or something like that. It's just to be looked at. It's for show. And But the squirrel guns, they are actually for shooting. So this poor farmer who'd come in bought a squirrel gun because he needed to shoot squirrels. Y'all don't eat squirrel, but they're really tasty. Shows you y'all lived in the city. I didn't. So, actually quite good. Uh, I won't talk anymore about that. Somebody from PETA will call. But then a guy comes in after that. He's a rich landowner, has almost a mansion compared to everybody else. And he sees that gun, didn't need it to fire. He said, it'd be perfect over my mantelpiece with all my trophied animals up there. 
and nobody will fire it. So he put it, he bought it, he put, it was cheap, so he bought it. So here's the question, because this is the real question for us all, isn't it? I mean, we go to church, we claim to be Christians, right? This is the real question for us all. Do you see your purpose as shooting? Or do you see your purpose as just for show? Which kind of Christian are you? Are you actually doing something for the Lord? Are you engaged? Do you understand that whatever Christ's purpose is, is your purpose? You don't have those other things you think are your purpose. That's not it. God didn't design it for that. Those are good things to do, but they're not your purpose. These things are your purpose. To give glory to God through following His Son and our Savior. That's your purpose. Don't ever ask it again. You know. You just don't maybe like it. The question is, now, will you be for show or will you be for shooting? If you'll receive it, God doesn't want you just showboating Christians. He really wants you active, engaged, a part of the work, showing up to do things, worshiping, serving, studying, teaching, being just like Him. If you'd like to be a part of that effort, the place to begin is to repent of your sins, confess the name of Christ, and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and begin that step, that walk. If you're ready for it, we'll help you in that process. There might be somebody that just needs to switch over. They did all that, but they've just been a showboat Christian, and now they need to turn into an actual shooting Christian. It's up to you. Won't you come if you need to? Why don't we stand and why don't we sing?